0: I think a lot of people being drawn into you is also your personality. Mm. Like, uh, I will forever be Brad Paisley's biggest fan because I got to do a Zoom call with him once, and I played the ones that fought for the flag for him. And uh, he talked to me for like a solid 30 minutes. And then uh, last year, sophomore year, I wrote him uh, a letter because I had to write a letter to somebody for class. I wrote him one to the Grand Ole Opry. And then a couple months back he sent me um you know, a signed C D and a signed bookmark and some guitar picks, which is just like I just think it's so cool to be like that humble. You know, there's a lot of people that aren't when they get to that point. So
1: Here's to the ones, who stood their ground the wines, never back down the ones, who did what they had to do once far from me and you once left it all behind the for the stars strike the once never came back Let's raise a glass to the ones who fought for the flag
2: Hello everyone and welcome to Living in the Limelight. I'm your host Jay Huller. As a quick reminder, please follow us on Instagram at Living in the Limelight Show and check out our website at livinginthelimelight.com. And of course, you can find our podcasts through all the major streaming services, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Check us out also on YouTube at Living in the Limelight Podcast. Each week, we feature a conversation with a different artist where we delve into what makes them tick and sometimes we get pro tips on pursuing a career as an artist. If you are a performer, or know someone who is, and would like to be considered for our show, check out the questionnaire at livinginthelimelight.com, and thanks so much for listening. Kentucky-born and raised singer-songwriter Will Wright has been making music and noise his whole life. Will started his musical career performing basement concerts for his family. He then progressed to singing in church, and since 2019, he has been entertaining crowds with his high-energy acoustic shows. Will combines his deep country roots with a little rock, bluegrass, and even a little pop for a fun, crowd-pleasing performance. Will wrote his first song, titled The Ones That Fought for the Flag, following an 8th grade school trip to D.C. His latest release, Friday Night Buddies, tells the story of a teenage boy in a small town hanging out with friends. That song blew up on TikTok and gained Will a lot of attention as an up-and-coming songwriter and artist. Recently, he had the privilege of performing on stage at the Loretta Lynn Ranch in Hurricane Mills, Tennessee. And just last fall, he headlined the Harvest Stage at Pumpkins at Kentucky Kingdom. Let's welcome Will Wright to Living in the Limelight. Hey, is this Will? Yes, sir. (laughs) Welcome to Living in the Limelight. How are you today? I'm fantastic, how are you? I'm awesome, thank you so much for asking. I would love to start with your town. Um, I've never been there, and I've actually only crossed through Kentucky uh, once in traveling. Um, so tell me what it's like where you live.
0: Um, Forestown is kind of a smaller town. Um, uh, we have a lot of distilleries down here. We're kind of known for bourbon, uh-huh. um, and uh, you know it's it's just a small town. You know everybody kind of knows everybody, and on a Friday night you there and really much to do except drive around. So. <laughs>
2: And you say that unfortunately, but um, for me, like it doesn't, I'm, I'm a city guy and you know, I grew up in the big city and all a whole different vibe. Right. But, um, I see that as like a kind of an appealing thing for, um, for songwriting. Do you find that like your environment is, is conducive for, um, for writing songs, for just observing people and thinking about stuff? Do you like,
0: um, yes, sir. Uh, kind of living in a smaller town, you get a lot of, uh, a lot of good songwriting stories and uh, things to kind of base stuff off
2: of for sure. Absolutely. And you're finishing up high school now. So you've got, um, you know, kind of the, the young perspective and I would love to talk about that because I've talked to several um, performers that are on the young side and some are older. And uh, what is it like for you to sort of look forward at this um, growing music career of yours, and and like envision what things are going to be like compared to what they are now, or like you, how do you feel? Or do you feel anxious? Do you, do you do you feel excited? What what emotions are going through you as you're like wrapping up high school?
0: Um, it's kind of all of it. Um, I'm anxious and excited at the same time. You know, it 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 gets kind of stressful still trying to balance school and um balance. You know, trying to record songs and trying to get uh, gigs and, you know, kind of do stuff to get your name out there at the same time. And then, uh, sometimes, you know, I, I've been trying, I tried to start early so I could get an early start. So I wouldn't be, um, I wouldn't have to start later on and kind of maybe have a plan by the time I'm out of college. Um, but you know, sometimes, you know, I feel like maybe there isn't enough time to do everything I need to do and <laughs> stuff like that. But then, uh, at the same time, I'm also really excited to see kind of what it has in store. You know, it's it's so crazy because you know um, things just happen out of nowhere sometimes, mm-hmm. and it's just crazy to see how it all kind of plays out and all works out.
2: Yeah, I hear you, and I, I see it um, a lot with different performers. That you're right; something could just happen. A phone call could happen, or a song just is is killing it. You know, in online and people are loving it. Um, so I'm glad I'm glad you're open to that and. Um, you know, I, 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 I kind of feel for you cause it, at your age, I was, I was in similar situation. I was in music and I was like, wow, I wonder what this is going to be like. And so I get to kind of live <laughs> through, through you and through your, through your dreams. So what, what would be like your, your big dream, like all the way down the road? Um, is this, is this it for you? Like being on stage, doing your own music, huge concerts, what, what would it look like for you? What would be your ideal? like your dream
0: man I have like one of my biggest heroes is Morgan Wallen for sure um and I know he's still kind of early in his career but just the way he took off and um the way that he he plays shows and just has this this unexplainable hold on people and like anything he does you know everybody's watching and paying attention he's got people looking up to him and you know kind of like a Garth Brooks thing where when you play a show, you have the entire crowd in the palm of your hand. Um, And it, I mean, it really doesn't matter if it's, you know, playing for uh, a small venue or if it's, you know, just 70,000 people, you know, it's kind of, of course, 70,000 is the dream, but like it's really just to have a good fan base and people that like the music for sure.
2: So talk about that feeling I'm I'm sure you've experienced it some but um in in, in f- all the way from performing to your family in the basement to to some things that you've done recently but what is it like cuz some of us don't know this and I've never felt it but what is it like to uh connect with an audience like you said that they're they're really engaged in these these concerts you've seen uh, from Morgan Wan. what is it what is it that you see and maybe you've experienced that um what does it feel like from inside as the performer? Because like we listen to you guys, we watch you guys and appreciate and clap and get the music and all that. But I have no earthly idea what it's like to be on your end, right? What are you, what are you looking at? What are you feeling when you play your music and people really like it?
0: It is a, it is a completely different feeling. Um, You know, when you play somewhere and you look out and people are kind of just doing their own thing and you feel like background music, it, you know you're not as into it but when everybody's kind of looking at you and and you can tell like in their body language and mm. how they clap afterwards and like how you can see them basically get into it 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 changes your entire mood and it's just so much fun it makes everything leading up to it worth it
2: uh-huh. so uh, everything leading up to it meaning like the prepping the song finalizing the song putting it on right uh, all those and things. the
0: shows that don't like Sometimes you play shows where not a lot of people show up and they're not as fun, but it makes it all worth it when there's that one show where like everybody's completely into it. Those are the shows where I have to walk up and ask the manager if I can play longer than what my allotted time was.
2: Ah, interesting. Because it's,
0: it's so much fun.
2: And how many times have you had to do that?
0: Um, I'm not sure. Quite. It, it, it's been quite a few times. There, I have played quite a few shows where people get really, really into it, and um, it just makes it. It, you know, I'll play all night if they let me until closing. <laughs> um,
2: That's amazing. Yeah, it's so it. It's kind of like an adrenaline. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. Is it? It your your senses are like heightened, and and it. Yes. It, okay, so it's like a it's a rush. Yes. That is amazing. Yes. Yeah, just like other people get there their, their rushes like when they, they play sports or whatever, but you're up there. And um, so ha- for your songs, the, the ones that you've performed or maybe covers or whatever, where do you feel um, the most engagement with? I know, I guess you said it depends on the audience, but um, do you have certain songs that are some go to's that really um, typically get a lot of our home engagement from the audience?
0: Um, just a lot of those, uh, the songs that you would normally hear at kind of a honky tonk on Broadway. Uh Um, a lot of the like friends in low places, any, any upbeat Garth Brooks song is a good one. Anything Hank. Um, and then some of those, like, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, should have been a cowboy songs like that. The songs that were iconic and have sweet home Alabama is a big one. Um, You know, Sweet Caroline's another one. It's just songs that, like, everybody knows and that you know everybody knows.
2: Yeah. And what do you think the difference is between any of those songs and the three songs that you've done? Do you think that you have it inside you to write a song, if you haven't already, that would, on down the road, be that same thing for yourself performing or for somebody else?
0: I... I have no idea. It's a big, I would hope so. Yeah. It's a big question.
2: Uh, and I'm, I'm not asking you like to gloat or anything like that, but as a songwriter, cause you're young, you're 17 and you're writing songs, which is, I think is amazing. Um, there's, you know, there's some magic sauce in those songs, right. That you mentioned, um, friends in low right. places and sweet Caroline and all those. And I, I just, right. I always wonder, I'm curious, I have no idea, but what, what makes those songs have that kind of draw and, uh, and do you kind of to like, be honest? Yeah, go
0: ahead. To be honest with you, I, I do not know. And, um, from, I listen to a lot of interviews and a lot of, uh, podcasts and stuff mm-hmm. where they interviewed some of like my favorite artists. And, uh, sometimes people ask those questions too. And mm-hmm. I don't think the artist knows either. Um, nobody really gets up from a right, I think, and says like, Ooh, this is the most iconic, like this is going to be around <laughs> for the next 40 years. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not, I really have no idea. I can't tell you why songs make it so. It's just, I think part of it's the fun aspect, part of it's relatable. Mm -hmm. Um, I think all the cards have to align. I feel like the melody, the lyrics, and, you know, kind of how it makes you feel.
2: And, And perhaps promotion. Right, yeah. You know, yes,
0: promotion's also a big
2: one. Yeah, get some of that in people's ears, and they go, "Oh, that sounds good." Well, I mean, I've listened to your music. I have listened to the three songs, and I, and it, at seventeen, I think you have a bright future. And I'm no expert. I don't. i don't live in Nashville, but you know, I, I love music, and your songwriting is great. So I think keep listening to those podcasts and keep studying those artists and figuring out. You're right. There probably isn't a magic sauce because if somebody knew it, they would be cranking out <laughs> hit after hit. Right. right. But right. you know, it's always good to try to, to try to reach that. And, uh, it's great. So let's go back if we could, cause I always like to hear this story of, of when music started for you because it was young, right? I mean, you're only 17, but way back when you were a little tyke, um, when did music sort of grab you and, and you thought, well, this is going to be something that's going to be with me for a while.
0: Um, to be honest with you, I have been singing since, I mean, it's like just singing kind of in the back of the car and, you know, stuff like that. And music has always kind of stuck with me. Like I, I, most kids wanted to listen to like wheels on the bus and stuff. And I <laughs> was sitting in the back of the car at three years old, listening to whiskey lullaby. Like, that's what I wanted to hear. Interesting. Um, And music, uh, lyrics have always stuck with me. And um, then one day I I wanted to learn to play guitar because uh Brad Paisley did it and he was my hero mm-hmm. and uh so I started playing guitar and it was rough at first I did not like it at all because mm-hmm. I couldn't play I I think I expected to just pick it up and be able to uh,
2: <laughs> as does everybody
0: yeah be able to just have it. like I wanted to play the hardest song possible but uh and then you know after a couple years it eventually all just kind of clicked and uh it all made sense and I figured it out and then I learned piano um which isn't my favorite thing to do but uh I've really gotten into that probably over the past couple of years. I really enjoy playing piano now.
2: Mhm. Um, is is piano in terms of time um how much time have you invested in guitar over the years? Like how many years? Uh,
0: I have no idea. I started playing when I was 6, I believe. Uh-huh. So, I mean Off and on. I've been playing for yeah, 11 years it, There was a period of time where I did not put very much time in it. And then there was a period of time where it's kind of off and on. Yeah. I mean, there was, there was a time when I didn't put much time into it. I didn't want to practice. I didn't want to do any of that. And there was a time where every day I'd sit in my basement and just play guitar for hours and hours and hours.
2: Oh, wow. And, uh, and and piano is, do you see piano is moving in in a similar like trajectory where it's going to have its ups and downs and you're like, I'm into it now, but I'm not.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't a huge fan of piano either until I realized, um, so when I play at gigs, I have this app that, cause I can't memorize, you know, 65 songs, uh, three not. hours worth of music. <laughs> um, so I have, I have this app set up with a set list that'll tell me, you know, the chords and the lyrics. And I learned that I can take that and put it onto the piano and play, you know, kind of whatever I want to once I got to that point and, uh, piano became really fun for me there.
2: Yes, that and I don't know if that is so past you now because you do it a lot. But for the layman like me, for us the the fan, that's an insane talent just right there to run something through an iPad and see it and go, okay, well, I can play that. It's like it's like decoding a a book or something, and and you're you're the reader, and you're like, oh, I can do that, and it it has opened up your entire world to music that's already there. And you can replicate it with very little effort d do you, do you, that's I, I appreciate that about you, and I appreciate that about any artist that can do that because um, it's it's an unrecognized we see you guys up there and do it, but I know what's happening. I see you guys like interpreting that, and I think it's insane, so I'm so glad you can do that. Well, thank you, absolutely um, so balancing your life and and you're the ideal candidate to answer this uh, question. It's got to be hard because um, you've got school, you've got future, you've got music clearly in the forefront, uh, social aspects, I'm sure, because uh, and judging by the Friday Night Buddies song, the, the, the story there, it's it's a story that you see in every high school, right? Kids going to hang out on the weekends and have some fun. Um, how do you manage all that? Do you have to, like, purposely... Um, jot it down or keep it in your phone and keep reminders or are you just kind of natural at, well, I want to do this for a little bit and do this and it all kind of works out.
0: It's kind of just a natural thing. Okay. I mean, uh, a lot of the time it does get kind of difficult. There's some weekends where uh, I don't really get to do much. I kind of, I go and do my thing for three, four hours every night and then I, I just go home. You know, I don't really get to hang out with friends sometimes, but, uh, and then there's some weekends where I somehow make it work. I go play a gig until 10 o'clock and then I go show up at somebody's house and hang out there for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just kind of, I kind of just prioritize it, you know? Um, and then in the summer is really when like the gigs start to take off. So that's kind of when, uh, during the winters, when I hang out probably with friends the most because there's not as many shows going on. Right. Um, it's kind of like, it's basically like an off season. Oh. And then when summer hits, that's when I have to start prioritizing, you know, like, do I want to go on vacation this week or do I want to play, you know, four shows or, you know, just stuff like that. Um, It's definitely difficult to balance it all, um, but somehow it just kind of naturally works its way around.
2: Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And it's a huge, it's a huge skill because throughout your adulthood, you're going to be having all those balls in the air and how how am I going to juggle this? I
0: definitely don't do it all myself either. I have a lot of help from my parents managing all my, calendar dates and all that kind of
2: stuff oh uh, that so, is very nice to have Have. oh yeah client. if I
0: had to do it all myself I think I'd get really stressed out and it wouldn't wouldn't pan out as well
2: well we will say a thank you to your parents too because I know how that opens you up to be able to be the creative you know you can you can do the creation and do the art part of it instead of the the administrative part so for sure yeah that's that's so cool um, well let's talk about your music a little bit. Um, you're a Spotify verified artist and I've actually I haven't asked this on the podcast yet, but can for those of the people listening to this program who are not verified and maybe like, Oh gosh, that's an impossible task. I don't think I'm gonna even try. And it's a badge of honor, like it's huge. Um, what was it like for you to go through that? Can can you give anyone some advice on how to become verified?
0: Uh I got that through the distributor that I post through. Okay. So, um, I go through DistroKid mm-hmm. online, and and um, I paid for it, they just gave it to me. It kind of came with my package.
2: Gotcha. So I had actually no idea that that was an option, too. So for those that don't want to do the steps at Spotify lists, you can kind of outsource it um, to DistroKid Yeah, I'm going to be
0: honest. I didn't even know being Spotify verified was a big deal. Oh, I is. thought that just kind of came with it.
2: No, no, no. It's super it, – it is, um, and I, I hear – Artists talk about it all the time. They'll, they'll post, I oh, got verified. I'm so happy. And maybe they did it in a different route. And they put some, like, some minutes or hours into doing it, and it was more of a chore. But um,
0: Well, now I feel like I've cheated.
2: No, no, because you have it. And the, the, that's the, the badge of like recognition um now people will will come to you and so however you got there i mean you didn't get there in an illegal manner manner so that's good. yeah that's true um that's you, true. you have it so be thankful absolutely be thankful because that's going to be one of the things that people look for right away and uh that's why i brought it up it's like oh spotify verified congratulations so own it you should you should be proud of that um there but uh, let's talk about I don't know. We'll go Friday Night Buddies first. Um, and you've I, I was looking at the dates. You've released three songs in 2022, and I think I saw that you're maybe gonna have one perhaps in May um of this year. So that that's a fair sure. amount of of music um coming out. Like we said, in your young life and in a short time span. But anyway, walk me through what Friday Night Buddies was about. Where did it start? And how? When did you record it? Anything you can kind of. A touch on would be great
0: man Friday Night Buddies was crazy it's such a <laughs> crazy story for a 17 year old kid I mean I was 16 at the time um, so I I came home one night for some reason I wasn't staying at somebody's house I was out doing something probably something stupid <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I came home that night and I sat down and it just popped in my head and uh, I kind of wrote the first verse and the chorus down and um the first thing I do whenever I write something is I have a group of like a circle of people that I call and uh I called it was late so there was my, I couldn't call my grandpa he was asleep so I called my dad and uh I called my buddy and uh I showed it to them and they were like oh that's good that's pretty good dude then I finished it and um you know I I played it at a gig or two And uh, people seemed to like it. You know, my friends all liked it because it was about them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So they thought that was cool for sure. Of course. And uh, then I recorded it the next month, which was crazy because I I don't know anything about recording or production or anything. But I just happened to have gotten all the equipment. Mm. And uh, I recorded um, the acoustics, the electric guitar. And then the bass and the drums were made on a little MIDI keyboard that I bought with a drum pad on it in Logic Pro. Gotcha. Um, and I I mastered and mixed it all myself. That's probably why it doesn't sound you know, like the best quality ever. Um, and then about a month later in June, I uh, posted. I had like 200 followers at the time on TikTok, but I was determined uh. in February that I was going to get something to blow up. And, um, one day I walked outside and sat in my truck. And I recorded a video of uh you know saying, "If your friends are anything like mine, this song's for you and then I played it over the big Bluetooth speaker and posted it, and then two hours later, all of a sudden, it was getting you know ten thousand views a minute. Wow, um, so it ended up getting three hundred thousand views um I grew the following, and uh, I just kept promoting it from there. And uh, now it has, you know, around sixty, seventy thousand streams altogether on um, all the platforms.
2: That's insane. So, talk about that and 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 guess because I, you know, we, I'm sure any artist would say I have no idea. Like we talked about earlier, I have no idea why that thing blew up. But what do you think about that moment where you sat in the truck and you just looked at the camera and you played the song and and kind of just you were. What do you think people saw in that for it to go viral, essentially, and to to get all that traction?
0: I've never really thought about it, but I think they saw. The thing that I've noticed most about this song and a lot of the songs that I write right now is um, people who have recently graduated high school and, you know, they're kind of moving out of college or something. It's really relatable to them. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's maybe why it did so well was um it's a very relatable song for a lot of people like you said Mm -hmm. and uh you know seeing a high school kid write about it might have had something to do with it too um i mean part of it was also probably god Mm. i owe a lot of that to him for sure absolutely it's it was just all kind of crazy how it happened I, i don't know i just remember sitting in my basement and uh, went to go look at how it was doing and it had like 12,000 views and I thought that was wild. I walked up and I showed my dad and we just watched the view counter go up, and up, oh. and up and up and it was it's such a cool it was such a cool moment for me. I texted everybody I knew. It was it was awesome.
2: Is that similar to the feeling of a of a really engaged audience that's uh, dancing and clapping to the music? You can kind of It's see so it. different. Okay. It
0: was different for me for sure because you can reach more people. And, uh, it's kind of like, a like a feeling of a dream come true almost, or it was in that moment, you know, it was cool to see all these people, you know, they were, they really liked my music and they were people that I had never met before. And I didn't, they, they didn't have to say, you know, this is really good. It was, it was like genuine people really enjoyed what I was writing. And it, it was just a crazy feeling. It was, I had to really take a step back and kind of take it all in for sure.
2: Yeah. Um, I know I've talked to some artists who've been on American Idol or or The Voice or whatnot, and, and those kinds of environments could be similar too. Like, you know, they've come from um backgrounds like yours and then they get on that stage with those cameras and lights. It's um it's a whole new world with millions of people watching, right? So uh I that's I admire you wholly wholly for, for even being in that because and being open to that those kinds of scenarios um, as an adult scare me. Like that's why I'm not on stage and that's why you're going to be the one on stage <laughs> because you're a uh, tolerant of that, the ups and downs. And I read something that you wrote um, and it said that coming out of um, the lows and going toward, you know, the ups and downs of music, right? And coming out of a low point to you was kind of invigorating and exciting. Could you talk to that a little bit?
0: um a lot of my experience from the music career does come from tiktok um after that that was kind of my motivation um i looked towards that a lot as i think i think a lot of new artists do um definitely in this kind of time period um, so like I, i'd go on a really high street where like I, my videos would all get like 10,000 views or something every every time and then you know i'd hit a point where like it'd be like 200 views or something i'd lose so much motivation like then maybe that week i would play a gig where nobody was there but like the more i kept going i would hit another high point and it was i was like ready to go once i like hit that one thing that gave me enough motivation to keep like it it just it was like something in me skyrocketed and i was ready to go um so i feel and then uh, you know, and then getting to do really cool experiences, too, is a, kind of a really high point. Mm-hmm. Um, the A month or two ago, I saw, I don't know if you know who Jameson Rogers is.
2: Um, no, but T.J. But,
0: well, he has a song, the Colbert Calling My Name with Luke Combs, he has that song. He's a songwriter. He's got oh, okay. some really good stuff. He's kind of a newer artist. He played at a Mercury Ballroom in Louisville, and uh, I got meet and greets, and told him i had a bet with my friends that i couldn't get on stage with him and sing a song <laughs> so i did and then you know walking on that stage and seeing everybody you know it was a completely new experience it was like i didn't sleep that night i was so like
2: jazzed about that it.
0: that was so cool um,
2: um it's just stuff like that it, it a... makes
0: it all worth it
2: okay do you have video of that
0: i do yes sir
2: oh please yeah if you'll send me a link to that i'll put it on your page at um, if you want me to uh, at livinginthelimelight.com and we'll put it with all your stuff so people can see that experience because that's awesome, for yeah sure. that's really like the moments to kind of um like you said the highs and the lows but those are the moments that truly um I think open you up to well shoot I could own this stage I could, this could be me headlining right 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 absolutely
0: that's really it definitely puts a new uh, perspective in your head of what you're working towards like. Like, oh, I want to do that again. You know, I've got to work, so I can.
2: Uh Gotcha. So you reflect on those highs. Now, when something happens it's low, say to, to, you know, 50 people come to a show or 20 people come to a show and you're expecting 400 or more. And it was right after you had 100,000 TikTok views on something. And that next day, you've got a show and 20 people are there. So that's a low. But what do you, what can you do with that? What do you do personally with that? After you walk away from that twenty-person show, to kind of um, dig in and and make it better the next time, because that to me is where the grit, like that's the, the struggle. On
0: I it. guess that's. A, I don't really want to say those are lows. You know, anytime I get to play yeah. a show is a good thing for anybody. If, if anybody shows up, you know, gotcha. if anybody likes the music, you know, it's
2: yeah, very good. It's point.
0: definitely it's still good, but I mean it's different. You know, even being like a, in a songwriting slump is a low. Like I can't mm-hmm. think of anything to write. I don't know what to do. Um, but you know, kind of just pushing through, I guess. I mean, a lot of it has to do with the fact that, you know, I've already got other things. I've got things planned that I can't get out of now, you know, Um, like can't cancel this show. So I've got to go do that. And then like, maybe that show will be packed and I'll have the biggest crowd, you know,
2: I've seen. Yeah. And so every show is kind of a surprise for you. You're prepared and you're ready with your songs. And then when you go up on that stage, it's going to be like, I'm not really, you don't, you don't have any idea how it's going to go?
0: Uh, not really. I mean, I know, I know, I don't really even know what songs I'm going to sing most of the time. Um, you know, I've got like a set list and I, I kind of know what to go off of, but like, maybe it'll be a show completely full of requests. Like then, especially, you know, when I play new places, I don't know how it's going to go. Um, just recently I had an experience. I played in a new restaurant. Um, and it was the, like one of my favorite gigs I've ever played. Okay. Um I played for like five hours. Oh wow. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I played I played until they finally kicked me off. Um because everybody was just so into it. I mean, it's just yeah, every so you know like I said, I mean you never know what's gonna happen. That's what's so crazy about music is um you never know who's gonna walk in or like who's gonna see you. Um the other day I was at a um uh, a concert and I met you know, I just so happened to sit right behind people that knew the opener and they were like the people that got him to open up. I started talking to them. And, um, I mean, it's just, you never know who's going to walk in, who knows who, um, that kind of thing.
2: Yeah. Do you think that, um, networking like that is, um, is important or being open to networking? Cause I've talked to some Nashville artists who are there and, and I was surprised to learn recently that, that there's a huge network, and there's a lot of collaboration, and there's a lot of working together in writes and writing rooms and all this stuff. And I, would, do you think that's um, something that you, as an artist, and you would recommend for anyone that is like something to to look for and not to like reject?
0: Uh, yes, I think networking plays a huge part in um any in, in all of music. I think there's a lot of aspects of a music career that is completely connection. Um, and then, I mean, connections get you really far too, because even if you know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody, they still might reach out to that person that they know who might reach out to the bigger person. Mm -hmm. And then there you go. You've got, you know, something huge. So I think networking and knowing people is, is really, really good. Um, even if you go ahead, sorry. No, go ahead. I, I I don't know what I was
2: going to say. I was gonna say. Can you offer any advice to someone who doesn't know how to network like someone who's maybe shy or they just love to do music, but they do want to do something with it. Um, in the future, what, what skills have you learned at the young age of 17 to, to, to do to make those connections happen when they present themselves?
0: Man, just, I mean, just don't be afraid to reach out. Um, you know, uh, The worst thing any what I've learned is the worst thing anybody can say is no, Mm -hmm. you know, and then you move on. You know what what changes if you didn't know that person, you know, you might not ever see him again. Um, so, like, I mean, it's the thing with Jamison Rogers. I, I actually reached out to his old tour manager to get the meet and greets. Um, and then once I got there, I had to talk to him about it first, and then, you know, it's just you never know what can happen when you do finally reach out. Um, and just talk to everybody that you get a chance to talk to. Um, don't ever turn anything down. Don't ever turn down like a chance for a right or anything like that. Just always, you know, until you get to a certain point, just don't be scared to do anything, really. Yeah, because you, like,
2: like you said, a door could, door could open or maybe just a small window. But.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it could be a small window or it could be, you know, a door to headline a show. It's You never know what's going to happen.
2: Yeah, that's great advice. I love, I love, and I think that could be applied to almost anything in life. You know, if you just be open to it and not be afraid, and, and see what happens. And I love what you said about, you know, all the sure. worst that they can say is no. If they say no, and I
0: mean, don't be, don't be afraid to start a conversation with somebody either. I mean, if you, just, really, just don't be afraid to reach out at all. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the worst they can do is either not respond, or if you're in person, they say no.
2: Have you found it some helpful to be curious and to ask questions? Oh, for sure. Definitely. What kind of questions would you ask? Let's put you in a room with, um, I don't know, one of your, one of your idols, one of the people that you would love to, um, work with and collaborate with, put yourself in a room with them and you get to talk to them for half an hour. What would you ask?
0: Well, first I'd probably ask for their autograph <laughs> Okay. Um,
2: and a photograph. Yeah. and a Picture,
0: picture, <laughs> autograph, so I can post it everywhere and tell everybody who I'm with. Um, you know, but I'd, I'd probably ask them their story and, uh, you know, how they kind of got there. Cause I think what's so crazy about music too, is that everybody has a different story. You no, know, nobody's nobody gets to where they are the same exact way as the other person. Um, and then I'd probably ask, you know, what advice they? What's a good way to network? Where's a good place to go to network? How do you promote yourself as an independent artist or a smaller artist? And you know, how do you engage with people through a screen or through social media? And like just lessons that they've learned along the way, mm-hmm. um, things they wish they would have done differently for sure.
2: Yeah, like the things that you've observed um, in watching Brad Paisley. I- I saw that you said it's uh, it's more than just the words coming out. It's the it's the performance aspect of it. It's the, it's the showing of the song. And, uh, and so you'd ask questions about that to kind of fine-tune how you would approach music?
0: Right. And then about Brad Paisley, too. I mean, he's just like, I think a lot of people being drawn into you is also your personality. Mm. Like, uh, I will forever be Brad Paisley's biggest fan because I got to do a Zoom call with him once, and I played the ones that fought for the flag for him. And uh, he talked to me for, like, a solid 30 minutes. And then uh, last year, sophomore year, I wrote him uh, a letter because I had to write a letter to somebody for class. I wrote him one to the Grand Ole Opry. And then a couple months back, he sent me, um, you know, a signed CD and a signed bookmark and some guitar picks, which is, like, I just think it's so cool to be like that humble you know there's a lot of people that aren't when they get to that point so do you think to like take the time and do that
2: is yeah do you think that you'll be that way on down the road when you're sitting in in brad paisley's seat essentially do you think you'll keep your your humility
0: uh yes because of things like that like I, i will always remember being the kid that you know pays he spends every dollar he's earned just to sit in the nosebleeds or, like, to buy the best ticket in the house or something just to see his favorite artist or pay, you know, spend his last $10 on the meet and greet or, like, you know, reach out any chance he gets to um, for an artist just to, you know, get a text back. Like, even a thumbs-up emoji or something is
2: huge to me. Um, so, yes. So you're sort, sure. of, sort of pledged to do that on the future, in the future, because, uh, yeah, you're yes. right. I've seen it. I've seen both. I've seen the artists as they as they get more popular, they either disengage or they keep engaging in it.
0: And if, I don't want to be the the hero that you know people say never meet your heroes because you'll be disappointed. I don't ever want to be one of those.
2: I think that's great. I love that attitude. Well, let's circle back if you don't mind to. Um, Actually, the ones that fought for the flag we're gonna we're gonna go back to between between the lies after. But the ones that fought for the flag, I, there's a story behind that. Um, clearly, Brad Paisley appreciates the song, um, but tell us where where that happened and and how it happened.
0: Um, that was uh, the first ever real song I had ever written. Um, I always said I wanted to write songs, start writing songs. And I tried a couple times, and they just like I mean, they didn't make any sense, and they weren't really any good. Um, but I went on my eighth grade Washington DC field trip mm-hmm. and, um, we had the chance to write an essay to be able to be one of the, you know, four people that gets to participate in the laying of the wreath on the tomb of the unknown soldier ceremony. Oh. Um, and I, uh, I won the essay contest. So I got to do that and, um, came home and I was like unpacking, walking around my room and, uh. And like the, the chorus line to that song just hit me, and uh, I said, "Ooh, I've got to write that down." So I wrote it down in my notes. Finished unpacking so my mom wouldn't yell at me, <laughs> and then uh, I came downstairs and I uh, wrote it, and I uh, played it for my dad. He's like, "Wow, that's that's really good." Okay. Like I, I could just see it. And then I walked upstairs and I played it for my mom. Wow, and my my stepdad, and he was. It was just like I could just see it on people, and it was crazy. So I finished it, and um, I had it written for a really, really long time um, until I finally ever recorded it. And uh, I actually recorded it with a guy that goes to my church. Um, he knows how to use – he knew how to use all the equipment better than I did. Gotcha. So uh, he re- he helped me record that, and I put it out on Memorial Day. And. uh oh, um, no definitely one of the most special songs I think I've ever written just because it has, you know, that story behind it. And, um, and it was just so real. Um, and then on the cover is uh, my great grandfather's dog tags.
2: Okay. Yeah, uh, I, wondered I thought if...
0: that was a cool aspect
2: to pull in. Yeah. That I know that is super sweet. Cause it's a, it's a true, you know, archival kind of connection for you. And, uh, yeah, thank you for filling the spaces on that story because I was really curious. And uh, do you remember the essay at all? Like what your topic was and, and a little bit about it. That kind of. Uh... I think it was
0: about why you should like why it was like one of those why should I be the one to do this? Yeah. Um, I come from a family with a lot of military background mm-hmm. for sure. Um, my uncle's a first responder. Uh, my stepdad's a first responder. Um, and there's other families or other people in my family that are first responders. And, you know, I've just seen a lot of, uh, a lot of military appreciation firsthand and a lot of appreciation for the people that, you know, put their lives on the line to to keep us safe and stuff like that. That's kind of what my essay was about.
2: Well, I'm, I'm not surprised at all that they picked it because um that kind of spiraled into the song, which is, it's, you're right. The reactions that you saw from the preliminary drafts from members of your family, right. it is a pain. And
0: I would say, I would say that a lot of that was, it's one of those moments where, um, you know, I I said, I owe you know, everything to God. I think that's one of those things where um, I was put in that position. Like I look back on a lot of the positions and opportunities that I've been put in. And mm-hmm. I I think like that, that was the reason I was put in that situation. Like, that was why it all worked out
2: i can one hundred thousand percent believe that because that the song has got a it's got a rawness to it and uh and it just like basically goes right to your heart um with what it says and uh to me it's a super powerful message and it's a message that can't be said um, enough times right to give that
0: and- go ahead that song, I mean, it, it, it doesn't have a lot of streams at all. Um, probably cause I haven't promoted it very well. Um, but like I said earlier about the gigs and how people just, um, you never know what's going to happen. I, I was playing a gig one night and I happened to play that song and I, I saw a man and a woman in the kind of back table and I saw them start to kind of get emotional. And of course, you know, when I'm in the middle of taking a break, I kind of walk around, you know, make those connections. Um, I walked up to talk to him, and he told me that he lost a lot of people that he knew as firefighters during the 9-11 um, thing. Or during nine, I don't know why. Not the 9-11 thing. During 9-11. Yeah. Um, and that, that was just crazy to see how, you know, what you – like your song affect other people and kind of hit them the way, like, you know, my favorite artist songs, you know, hit me. It's it's just wild to see all that kind of happen firsthand.
2: Absolutely, and that's such a validation too. Um, in 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 a great way, you know, for you to have produced the song and put it out, and in a in a sad and tragic way because it's it's making him reflect on a you know a deep dark time in his life. But that is the to me like the connection. That's the magic right there to be able to use music and art to bring two people together. Right. And I love that you walk around on your break instead of just hanging out on the side. That's, that's really cool.
0: Well, that's another thing I, I kind of um, learned from, you know, watching interviews and stuff. Um, um, you know, my parents helped me out a lot. They helped me get started. And they were like, you know, this is kind of what you need to do. This is kind of how you need to act. Mm. And, uh, you know, I'm, no kid at thirteen, you know, listens to what like they don't know anything. <laughs> Maybe there's, with
2: one ear, and goes I'm, out the other.
0: Yeah, yeah, my mom's a teacher, my stepdad's a cop and my dad's a financial you know, what do they know about like <laughs> music? Yeah. But right. um, you know, watching interviews, there's a my one of my favorite artists and somebody I look up to a lot is uh Riley Green. And uh I've been a fan of his since he was a very, very small artist. Um, like before his first album, you know, long time ago. And uh, watching one of his interviews, he said, like, in the meet and greet that he used to do, you know, if he can walk around and talk to somebody about, you know, what he's into, like, duck hunting is his big thing. So if he can walk around and talk to somebody about duck hunting for five to ten minutes, you know, then they're invested in him. Like, then mm-hmm. then they feel like they have a connection and you've made, you know, you've basically made a thing. Um, so I feel like if I can walk around for a minute and talk to somebody and, you know, get their input and just talk to them for a minute. You know, I've, I've made that connection with them and they might pay attention to me for a while, you know?
2: Yeah. Oh, and it's super sage advice in, in, in any area of life, because like physically, if you look at, um, and I know some stages are taller than others and some stages are bigger and some stages are further back, but there's like, there's a physical separation, right? There's the person up there and the people down there, but you have equalized the playing field and you've made a you know you've got a friend essentially and you're showing them that you're human <laughs> and uh, right
0: and I, I i've seen a lot of, i've i kind of learned that lesson kind of firsthand too you know um when i started when i did like the when i went to a couple meet and greets and you know i talked to the artist and then they got on stage and like i felt like i had a personal connection with them after that like i i kind of felt like we were friends like i know that sounds stupid but like I felt like we had like a personal connection. Like it was, I was way more invested in them afterwards.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. No. And I think those are experiences that we all could benefit from um, on both sides. Like you're you're as a fan in that moment, and as the performer in the other. Um, absolutely. I love that you do that. Um, so, gear wise, I like to talk gear. Sometimes um, you you have your go to. Um, Mike, that you mentioned in your notes, do you want to talk about like what are your mainstays uh, for things that you like to use, or are you just, maybe are you just like, hey, you got a guitar I could borrow, or hey, can I just, are you kind of, you don't really care about that stuff, you just, uh, uh
0: it all kind of depends. Um, okay. if I'm if I'm not on like if I'm not playing a gig, I'll play you know with whatever I'll mess around with, you know whatever kind of equipment. But when it's when it's time to play, I'm I'm kind of particular about what I use
2: And because we'll I over.
0: want it. I want it to sound like I want it to sound professional. Like I want it to sound good. I kind of want to have my stuff. Want to have it set up like everything I want to be done in like the way that I want it, Um, or it doesn't feel right. Um, Unless somebody who knows more about it is doing it,
2: (laughs) right? Um,
0: So like uh, I like I like my Gibson guitar. Um, I always play that at gigs, and if I'm not, I don't feel like it sounds as good. Um,
2: it's a J45, you say?
0: Uh, yes, sir. Okay. And then uh, I kind of bounce back and forth between mics. I have a, a wireless shore microphone that I really like to play because, I mean, it doesn't, I kind of move my stuff around or kind of, you know, bigger places. It's easier for me to move the microphone farther out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have a, I'm not really sure what it is, but it's a, wait, oh, oh no, I can't read it from here. It's a retro looking microphone. It's a shore one. Oh. It's like a, I call it the Elvis Presley microphone. Gotcha, but it, the classic look, look. Yeah, yeah, it's got the classic look with a uh, blue foam in between the lines. Oh. Um, so I like that one too. And then uh, I think chords have a big play in it too. I like to use fancy chords.
2: Um, define fancy as a chord.
0: <laughs> like, uh, I guess, I don't want to say expensive, but like, High quality. I don't like to use, yeah, I like to use high quality chords so that they, because um, I, I think a chord to, that has a lot to do with your sound.
2: And and so you notice that as um as you've produced music and you've now started to mix music and master and now you've perfor- you've done a lot of live performances, you can see or hear differences in the level of the quality of the chord Is what you're telling me?
0: Um, definitely yes, for sure.
2: Wow, that would have escaped me completely because you know the chord is a. Device that goes from A to B, and you plug it in.
0: <laughs> I, I think chords have a huge, and especially especially uh, guitar chords. I think um, you know a cheaply made guitar chord does not sound as good as high
2: quality. Got you. That's good. I'm so glad you paid attention to that because, of course, we want to hear the best you've got. So, right. Very cool. All right. Well, I'm going to give you a crystal ball. Um, you don't get this often. Like this is a special gift right here crystal ball and you're looking at it um see if you could map out um realistically what you think is going to happen in your life in your studies in your music and then pipe dream i think we kind of talked about a little bit but just put us i don't know 15 20 years down the road What, what would you want your life to look like
0: so i guess i'll start off if music does not work out for me um, like if I don't get a record deal and I don't end up on a stage somewhere for the rest of my life, um, I will go to Belmont or MTSU and I'm going to minor in songwriting, major in music business, so when music doesn't work, um, I can still work somewhere in the industry. Gotcha. Because music is where I truly feel at home, I guess. It's it's like my true passion. Mm-hmm.
2: Do you think that those could be simultaneous? Because that's college level work and you're about to graduate? Or is this, do you feel like a music career has to happen pretty soon or it's not? Or do you think you could still do what you're doing? Similar situation, playing some local gigs and doing that and I, university.
0: I feel like if it doesn't take off by college, I'm going to pursue something else.
2: By the time you graduate um, college?
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that. You know, maybe I'll give it a couple years after just Mm -hmm. kind of as a side thing. But, you know, once college is over, I've got to start a career. can't, you know, live in my mom's basement forever.
2: Well, and it sounds like you're uh, building, you know, you're building up for that because those are great, uh, great programs. Belmont's a super school, by the way. Right. uh, You know, just to to get the grounding in in something you love, right? It's uh, relatable. So, okay. Sounds perfect, realistic, great. I'm sure your parents are on board with that. What about... Right. Down the road, way down, way down. What would you like to see?
0: Um, Realistically or pipe dream? Pipe dream. Um, Pipe dream. Yep. Um, Go for the goal. Well, pipe dream is that I don't end up finishing college. I get a record deal Mm. probably at some point in the next four years. Get to drop out of college, um, start touring, make it uh, huge, you know, make it like Morgan Wallen eventually, sell out. Stores and big stadiums um, have multiple number ones and a strong fan base.
2: Wow. That sounds great. So you are open to that immediately. Like your podcast airs and some big wig record producer listens to it and goes, who is this kid? And they dig into you and they find uh, your songs. and, And then you get a phone call. You're like, okay, let's go. You're ready. Right
0: if it's right it's right. Okay. I don't necessarily I am ready at any point. <laughs> but, you know, my parents are kind of they they want me to go to school, they want me to go to college well, yeah. and do all that. But I'm I feel about- like if if the right opportunity presents itself and it it is perfect um then yes.
2: Got you. And I, I would
0: drop it all right now.
2: That's a testament to your um to you being where you need to be because a lot of people in my mind, they kind of fish around with like what they're going to do with their lives, and they don't understand. They they're working it out and whatever. And that's great. It takes them longer, but for you at eight, at seventeen to to solidly know that this is going to be part of my life, by one way or the other, I I think that's very admirable. And and it probably gives you a little sense of peace because you you don't have to think, oh well, maybe I should be a psychologist.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. That definitely is not. Uh, I'm just not. You know, really interest. I can't see myself being interested in something else for the rest of my life. Yeah. Like I, I feel like music is definitely. I have to do
2: something with music. Yeah, got you. No, you're spending you know every last dollar on those meet and greets and those good tickets and all that, and, and that's that shows shows a lot. Okay, so we've got it. It's documented now. The world can hear. And uh, I'm always a big believer in putting thoughts out to the universe. You know and uh, to see where they land. So um, I hope that happens for you because I love when dreams of any scale, you know, get, get realized. So I'll be you and me both. Yeah. (laughs) I'll be a fan in your corner and and watching you along the way. Promise me this, if it does explode and you get the number one hits, like you said, you're going to maintain that humility that you will come back to living in the limelight and catch me up on what happened then all the way from where we are now. Would you do that? Let's do it. Fantastic. Well, well, you're an amazing person. I don't even want to say kid because you're not a kid anymore. Um, you're a young adult, and it sounds to me I'm impressed by all of the things that you've lined up, the work that you've put in, the work ethic that you've got, and the fact that you've, you're laser focused on what you want to do. That um, I, I, I want that for you, and it was a just an extreme pleasure talking to you, and uh, I'd love to do it again sometime.
0: Yes, sir. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate
2: it. You're quite welcome. All right. Well, we will talk to you soon. Take care. All right.
0: All right. All right. Thank you. You too. You're welcome.
1: Here's to the one. At 18 he left his town to follow his dream Fight for his freedom, his country for you and me To the one got a letter in the mail Pack your bags, you're boarding a plane And flying far away a month from today And it was time to go, they said goodbye Everybody cried Here's to the ones Who stood their ground The ones Who never backed down The ones who did what they had to do The ones who for me and you The ones who left it all behind The ones who wore the stars and stripes The ones who never came back Let's raise a glass To the one who fought for the flag Here's to the one far away on a boat Counting down how many days to go Till he gets to go home To the one on the phone with mom and dad Saying their brother ain't coming back From Iraq The ones that are out on foreign sand ones with a folded flag in their hand Here's to the ones who stood their ground The ones who never backed down The ones who did what they had to do ones that fought for me and you, ones that left it all behind, the ones who wore the stars and stripes, the ones that never came back. Let's raise a glass to the ones that fought for the flag. The ones came home in a pinewood box With the stars and the stripes draped over the top The ones who fought for us all The ones that are more than a name on a wall Here's to the ones Who stood there grand The ones that never backed down The ones who did what they had to do The ones who fought for me and you the ones that left it all behind, the ones for the stars and stripes, the ones that came back. Let's raise a glass to the ones that fought for the flag. To the ones that fought for the flag.